Do you want to make a difference in the world? And see the lives of the people of India and all internationals transformed with the gospel? As India goes, all Asia will go with Living the Dream podcast provides tools for you to pray, give, and go as you become an active participant in the Great Commission and help your church's demographic represent the demographic of your community. Get ready to find your strategy for reaching your community and changing the world here at Living the Dream podcast with your host, Pastor Kevin. Hello, and welcome to Living the Dream podcast. This is Pastor Kevin. It is September the 22nd, 2020. You're listening to episode 49 of Living the Dream podcast. Thank you so much for being in the audience today. If you haven't already, I encourage you to hit the subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss a single episode. I can't thank you enough for all you do to help build the show and champion this message, the revolution of reaching the foreign-born internationals, living in our community with the gospel, and partnering with them in the Great Commission. I want to welcome everyone listening from the United States, from India, from Spain, Iran, Germany, Finland, South Africa, Canada, Philippines, Australia, just to name a few of the countries listening in to this conversation. Thank you. And if I didn't mention your country, will you please drop me an email? My personal email is kevin at globalhopeindia.org. Let me know what you think about the show. Love to hear from you if you have any suggestions, but just tell me at least where you're listening from, and I would be very grateful to hear from you. If you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, it would be a high honor if you would go over and just leave your best review possible there of the show. That would help us out a lot. So last week, we looked at how foreigners live sent. And today, we're going to take a deep dive into reaching internationals, reaching the foreigners living among us. And on this episode, we're going to discuss reaching Hamid. One of the countries listening is Iran, and I'm going to introduce you to our international travel manager, Justin, from India, who actually has a story to share with you about sharing Christ with his international friend there in India. We're going to, for security's sake, just say that this friend is Hamid from Iran. Will you please join me in welcoming to the show today, Justin from India. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So we're actually in the USA. COVID Mm -hmm. is making itself known around the world still. Uh, You were to go back to India in April, but they rudely canceled your flight. Mm -hmm. And so you're still in the U.S. And so we're glad to have you on the show today. Yeah, I'm I'm just locked up here, but I'm just happy to be here instead of in India. Yeah, yeah. It has its benefits, I'm sure. And we want you to share with us today in our audience your experience of sharing Christ with Hamid mm-hmm. um, from Iran. Yes, Iran. Hamid is, a, is your friend mm-hmm. uh, living there. Both of you lived in Pune at the time. Right. Want you just to share your experience of sharing Christ with Hamid, uh, with our audience today. We're learning how to reach internationals, and you 
had an opportunity to reach Hamid uh, with the gospel. So how did you build a friendship with him? How were your two lives brought together? Yeah, so it's a true uh, mutual friends. So that's how we came to know each other in Pune. But mostly I would say it, it's a long story, but I'm like short. Mm-hmm. And like once you started, I was t- started taking him to the church the first time. That's how we started growing our relationship more. So I'm glad that you're on the show today and that you can really help us. We've been talking about reaching internationals and you have experience with this through your friendship with Hamid. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to know Hamid? Yeah, it's a um, true mutual friend in mm-hmm. Pune. Yeah. So like um, there are a lot of uh, thousands of students from Afghanistan and Iran and and a lot of uh, Turkeys and they are there in, in, uh, in Pune for the study. And so we're living um, in the same community and then we started at end up with uh, a roommate with Hamid for at least for six months. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we um, become more close. The two of you are bachelors. You have other bachelors that you are roommates with. Mm-hmm. It's not very unusual for you to have an international roommate. Right. That might be somewhat unusual here in the U.S., but it wasn't necessarily for you. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a new experience or something awkward culturally mm-hmm. in the community. But you and Hamid ended up having friendship. You're a Christian. Right. And he was not exposed to the gospel growing up. How did you begin to just invite him to go to church? Yeah, one day, just one day I decided, you know, I should take him to the church. And so one day I asked him if he wanted to come to church with me. And mm-hmm. so he said, okay. And so um, that time we were not a roommate. Mm-hmm. You know, we were not roommates. So we are far apart, like far away each other. He came and picked me up at my home. And then we went to the church for the first time. And then after the church... He told me like, you know, I was thinking, wow, I was thinking the church is going to be so boring. It's going to be like just mass or prayer and, and then that's all. But this is so exciting. It, it's, it's so, I, I'm loving it. The, the worship, the way the worship and even the, um, the, the preach and lecture and everything was just, it's just amazing. So he said it just uh, take me back again. He was not the only international that went to church with you, no, right? No. One of the points I want to make on the show today is that this is not a hostile environment. So no. often we get intimidated when we think of foreigners living among us and, you know, they have been exposed to other religions and we're Christian and they're going to get angry if we invite them to go to church. Have right. you had people spit in your face because you invited them to church? Oh, ne- never. Is I will say that, you know, it all like... Uh, Whatever I take a step, God was all the time at wits with me. Mm-hmm. Whoever I take him, uh, like I take them to the church, they always ready and excited to go to the church. And most of my friends are like, uh, like Muslim and you mm-hmm. know from the other country. Mm-hmm. And so it just sometimes I was just concerned, you know, if they are Muslim and why would I take them to the church? And they were just they didn't deny at all. Yeah. So what are the similarities that you found culturally? Because Muslims and Hindus, they share some of the same cultural appreciations like Mm -hmm. for prayer. You don't have to like go talk to a Muslim or to a Hindu about the value of prayer. Mm -hmm. They're already highly valuing prayer, sometimes even more than Christians do. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And they also have their religious writings you know the quran and we have the bible and and so they they have literature Mm -hmm. that they hold in high regard Mm -hmm. so you holding your bible in high regard is not offensive to them i know um you know um 
and and they also go to temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hindus go to temple very often, and Muslims do as well. And mm-hmm. so, going to temple or going to church is not unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being asked to go with them, right. with you, is not offensive. Obviously, it could happen. Mm-hmm. But did you ever have anyone communicate back? That really offends me that you want me to go to your church. Not that I remember of. Not everybody went, mm-hmm. but a lot of your foreign-born international friends went with you. Right. Hamid went, mm-hmm. and let's just talk about some of the things that are foreign to foreigners, right. okay? When they walk into a Christian church, uh, worship can be foreign to them because when they go to temple, they're not necessarily going to see praise and worship songs mm-hmm. or hymns. Like, you're going to have singing, religious music being played mm-hmm. in a mosque in Hindu temples, but it's not congregational singing right. necessarily. You mm-hmm. can hear some chanting mm-hmm. uh, and things like that, but very enthusiastic, passionate worship is going to be foreign to them. Could be. What about sermons? Mm-hmm. What did Hamid share with you that he would normally do at temple? Mm-hmm. Would he have a 30-minute sermon? <laughs> I don't think so. So, yeah, sometimes he goes to um he goes to a mosque, but mm-hmm. but uh, before he um moved to Pune, he used to go to mosque every single day like three times or four times in a day with the family. Mm-hmm. But after he came he came to Pune in India, he, hardly he goes because the like most of the fam like the living with the friends and the uh, without the family and so all of our, all of them are like, you know, uh it's it's kind of like, you know, it's I'm not saying that they don't pray, but they do pray, but they don't want to go to the mass most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this is an opportunity for the believers of Christ and what you're saying and what I've experienced as well. When they're in their homeland, they are under a disciplinary schedule uh, that they've been brought up in. And out of respect, they adhere to that schedule. But then when they go over to a foreign land, they can drop some of that discipline and they can become open to like a, the the gospel mm-hmm. in a Christian church and exposed to the gospel and the Bible and Jesus and the Christian church on a level that they would have never had opportunity had they not left their homeland and came over to another country. Mm-hmm. So he left Iran and came to India. Right. And when he did, he dropped some of his disciplines that he had been brought up in yep. and was just open-minded about the Christian faith. Do you feel like you really had to argue with him at any time to really convince him that he would be going to hell if, if he did not take Jesus only for salvation? Did you have any major fights about trying to convince him to become a Christian or anything like that? No, I, I never, um, I don't remember anything about it, but um, I, I think re- that's what a lot of Christians envision, mm-hmm. that if they really start caring for the foreigners, they're going to end up having to really wrestle mm-hmm. that person to becoming a Christian and nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Either God is at work in that person's heart or he's not. 
And if he's not, we could lecture them to their blue in the face. We're blue in the face and make no, no progress for eternity. Yeah. But in a moment, God can turn their heart toward him yeah. and their lives open up mm -hmm. to the gospel. Yeah, exactly. This is totally opposite. Right? You know, so he's the one that he started pursuing Christian. He's the, he's the one that was started asking, hey, what? What was the music? What was the song that we, um, that last Sunday, you know, that's mm -hmm. the praise and worship they sing? They mm -hmm. sing, so can you send me those, um, uh, the title of the music and the, mm -hmm. and the songs? And, and then, and we started sometimes talking about the, the preaching, what, what was the topic and what Bible, um, the pastor was preaching about. And so he started asking me the questions. Mm -hmm. I never pursuing him, mm -hmm. but you know, I don't even force him, but. I tried my best to explain. Mm -hmm. And so we started listening. We started, he said he wanted to download the Christian music mm -hmm. the, in the beginning. So he started downloading the music mm -hmm. and that's how um, he started, uh, he started, yeah, he started investigating and he started asking me, hey, uh, can you teach me how to read the Bible? You know, mm -hmm. what is the chapter and the verses and, you know, what is the Old Testament and New Testament? And he started investigating, asking me. So it's, it, it was so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I really want to break this down because we can overcomplicate it as Americans, but you simply invited him. Right. You did your worship mm -hmm. and you just invited him to go with you. Mm -hmm. And then what you're saying now is that in follow up, you were just available. Right. It wasn't like you had this book that you had to follow the schedule of how to witness to him mm -hmm. and you were walking through chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and I've got to go ask him this question and I need to send him this and I've got to do that. And it was something that really made your life busy and you were worried and stressed. And are you going to say the right thing? Are you going to do the right thing? But you were just available. Right. And God showed you the opportunities to, to walk with him mm -hmm. through his journey of building Hamid's faith mm -hmm. in, in the Lord Jesus. Did you ever have an international go to church with you and then say, uh, Justin, I care about you as a friend, but don't ever ask me to go to church ever again? No, I never uh, have a friend like yeah. that. Because I think sometimes the enemy is crafty and just making us fear that kind of rejection, That's true. Uh, that, that kind of conflict. We don't want to create conflict in people's mm -hmm. lives. So it's like, well, let's just let them, if they want to go to church, let them read it on Google, let them figure it out on their own. And if they show up, I'm going to be friendly to them. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to care about them once they walk into the church. But we're so afraid that if we invite them, then now we've got this conflict or yeah, something. that's right. But it really yeah. builds respect. Mm -hmm. Did you find that? Yeah, I found that, like, you know, uh, some of my friends I invited, but some of them, they don't want to go to church. Mm -hmm. They didn't, like, they didn't, like, say, they didn't tell me that they don't want to mm -hmm. go to church. They say, okay, I would try. But who do they try. call when there's a crisis in their life? Who do they call when there's an exam that they know is going to kick their butt and they're afraid they're going to fail mm -hmm. and it's going to disgrace their family and they need prayer? Right. They're going to call you. Yep. The message. Because they know that mm -hmm. you're a person of faith now. You're a person mm -hmm. of prayer. Mm -hmm. You're a person of character. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you faced any pressure to get them saved, to get them to pray the sinner's prayer, mm -hmm. to get them to go to heaven with mm -hmm. you? Yeah. What, what drove your, your relationship with them? There's that was zero pressure. Mm -hmm. There was zero pressure. None of them will ask me. Will ask me, hey, don't ever mention about the Christian. Don't ever mention mm -hmm. about the 
gospel music, whatever. Mm-hmm. Never ever. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends, those who don't like to go to church, they just they say that okay, I'll think about it, and 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 that's all. And so mm-hmm. I try my best. I try mm-hmm. my best to all of my international friends, even in India, maybe whether they are Christians or even non-Christians, doesn't matter. I try to invite them to come to church with me, and mm-hmm. some of them would turn up. Will turn up. They go to church and mm-hmm. they wanted to celebrate the Christmas, how the Christmas looked like, and then that's how I started taking them. And then the, some of them very exciting to go to church. And yeah, me. and that's another opportunity because they're not exposed to the Christian holidays right. in their homeland mm-hmm. uh, as they are in other places. I hope our audience can appreciate this is happening in India, where the majority are Hindu, mm-hmm. and you can really totally go through the Christians holiday of christmas and not even know that it was christmas in india Mm -hmm. and until recently now you can go into the shopping malls and hear Uh (laughs) here oh come all you faithful being played (laughs) and um and see you know christmas trees and the secular things and Mm -hmm. sometimes even a manger Mm -hmm. um and and things like that and Mm -hmm. so Holidays are a great opportunity to have a witness for Christ. That's right. Yeah. But what you're describing is just an authentic faith in front of your friends. Mm -hmm. What would you say to our audience about the need for unconditional love? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you began to change your concern for friends based upon whether they go to church with you or not? Is there anyone on the planet that would say, the moment I started telling Justin, okay, I'll go to church, but I never went. He just dropped me. He didn't want to have anything to do with me ever again. You feel like Hamid would have said, I was afraid that if I didn't go to church with Justin, I, he would, I, we wouldn't be friends anymore. I mean, is there any chance of, of that happening? Um, no, not at all. It's, it's whether they come to church with me, Oh no, it doesn't matter. The friends is always important in our life. Mm-hmm. So I just always try to take care, try to care of my friends and, and love on them. And uh, whether Christians or uh, Hindu or Muslim, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. All the friends are the same. Yeah. And so um, um, I, the, like the most of the time, I would just try to help them whenever, because it's, they are, they came to, to, uh, to India for the study and most of them are bachelor and then uh, you know they're now living with the family and if sometimes the financial issues sometimes the exam problem and they need prayer sometimes they need, uh, they need financial help I try my best to help them mm-hmm. that's 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 why the friends for I want our audience to just hear that but before we started talking about you inviting them to church mm-hmm. you build a foundation of friendship with them and they really knew that you cared long before you invited them to go to church Mm -hmm. and so often our impression of witnessing is to go into like a gas station and immediately say hey will you go to church with me this sunday and you you don't even know that person's name you don't even know anything about their life and all of a sudden you're the the first thing out of your mouth is will you go to church with and they may say well i'm working this sunday just because you're a stranger they don't even know that you care about them and there's nothing wrong with inviting them to go to church but Mm -hmm. but it's so much more effective whenever it's done in friendship uh, as opposed to being strangers Mm -hmm. Uh, you might start off as strangers but you don't have to continue to Mm -hmm. be strangers things that are foreign to Mm -hmm. foreigners 
Uh, worship is foreign. Uh, sermons are foreign. Scriptures, reading scripture can be foreign. Prayers, public prayers, praying out loud, leading leading each other in prayer, praying over each other, uh, mm-hmm. laying hands on someone's shoulder and praying for them is not something that they're used to seeing in a mosque or in a Hindu temple. And so that community, that bond of love between Christ's followers, communion, describe uh, Hamid's <laughs> impression of communion and, and what happened. <laughs> happened whenever the first time because your the church that you were in fellowship with they had communion once a month once a month right. yeah and so one time he's there yeah what happened there. on that communion sunday <laughs> so it was his first time and then uh, i remember he, even he knows about communion a little bit but he never asked me about it and even i didn't explain because, mm-hmm. because I, I never think about it and so uh, the first time um the first I remember that um, he took the wine, and he said that he said that he, uh, you can drink this wine, but the bread he took the bread the first time, mm-hmm. and so I was I, I was like, what's going on? Why, if you take a bread and why don't you want to take a, you know the wine? But I didn't ask him. I I said, okay, you sure you don't want it? And he said, yeah, maybe later. And so I drank <laughs> of his um, the wine class, and then he 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 had his uh, the bread, and so it was kind of funny that um, the persons that who never been to the church and then exposed with those um, communion, mm-hmm. it was so exciting to watch, and I just I just quiet prayer over him, like you know mm-hmm. God just. Uh, show him the way so i've I've been blessed to be in that church multiple times when they've had communion Mm -hmm. and they're very careful to make sure that believers are instructed and non-believers are instructed to where it's not awkward to anyone and no one feels pressured to do it uh, in order to maintain a good face in in public or anything just let the elements pass if you're Mm -hmm. not if you're not ready and many do Mm -hmm. but he didn't (laughs) and 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 the point of just sharing that story the reason i wanted you to share it is that it is okay to laugh with your friend about some of the awkward points Mm -hmm. you would surely face awkwardness if you went to temple with them yep. and you know you might walk right in and not even take your shoes off and they may laugh you know mm-hmm. and just say hey hey whoa whoa whoa, wait a minute go back out and turn, take your shoes off <laughs> you're supposed to take your shoes off before you enter a mosque right. or a hindu temple mm-hmm. and yet you know christians most of the time walk right through the doors of the church wearing their shoes don't even think anything about it mm-hmm. that doesn't you know have to become a scolding it can be something funny when it comes to the lord's supper that's very important it's not that we make fun of that mm-hmm. we can just let the person he's an adult right. let him respond however he chooses to do that we're mm-hmm. not called to be the police mm-hmm. we're called to be followers of christ he took his cup and <laughs> handed it to you yeah and then he ate the bread, <laughs> he ate the bread yeah and i remember you telling me uh, that on the way home he said i guess i'm what you remember what percentage christian <laughs> he get, he said i guess i'm, I'm like 50 percent 50 percent christian uh-huh. now and 50 percent muslim 50 percent christian right. because the pastor clearly says that those who are not ready yeah those who haven't baptized don't yeah. take it yeah he did listen yeah but you know he, and it, and i was, was blessed to get mm-hmm. to know him myself and i remember for the longest time uh he would take he would take some of the elements of communion and each time his percentage would go up <laughs> right. and you know like it would, it would just be something funny that yeah. we would just talk about mm-hmm. 
we knew that he wasn't doing it as a blasphemous way to Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Um, his heart was pure. He was just seeking. You know, at what point did he come to faith in Christ? I want the audience to hear because he did go to a youth camp with college students. Right. And he made his profession of faith there. So mm-hmm. share, share that story with us. Like, um, so before before the youth camp, um, when he started pursuing the Christ, like pursuing the Christian, go to the church and start listening to music and the gospel music. And during that time, he we were not roommate. He had a roommate, one Indian roommate. So they were being together. They were being like roommate for a couple months. And then one day. My friend went to uh, the college, and after he came back to college, his belonging, everything, the clothes and the laptop and everything, his roommate took away and took everything and he ran away. It was totally empty. Mm-hmm. Ex- only the utensils, the household, those stuff that is remaining. But his, he don't have any extra clothes and, and no laptop and no luggage. Or everything was he, gone. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he directly he called me that day justin what should i do mm. my my roommates took away everything and i don't want to complain to the police mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of stuff but but my families are not here and then i don't know where to go and i, I don't know uh, how to manage all this and i have mm-hmm. to i have to pay the rent and my roommates that he didn't even pay the rent and he, he walked away mm-hmm. and so it was it was very um difficult and for him mm-hmm. during that time and then he trying to reach to the family and the same day the next day not the same day but the next day he, he got a phone call from the family from iran his uncle one of his uncle uh, was kidnapped mm. was kidnapped in iran they kidnapped him and now they ask him they ask the family that you have to bring it's a lot of money they have to come mm-hmm. and rescue him whatever they have like they sold out everything the property the land and everything they sold out and mm-hmm. to try to rescue him yeah but by that time he couldn't they the family his family couldn't able to support him they had couldn't. nothing left mm-hmm. over to send to hamid right yeah yeah it was very emotional moment during that mm-hmm. time and and then i as an as a christians i know that i know that when you started posting when you started following the god god's step there will be a lot of temptations there will be a lot of um difficulties you face in your life but i know that as a christian i know that that's the um um the moment that he was started following god that time i i i try i try my best to help him and and then he connect he reach out to a lot of his friends but none of his friends could able to help him mm-hmm. and so i was the only one person that who could able to help him and so i whatever i have i um i i, I gave it everything that I can able to help. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was the story that I want to share. I love that because what you did was you demonstrated what you had been sharing with him. Mm-hmm. And what you demonstrated is generosity. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the power of generosity. Mm-hmm. But it's not that you were wealthy and no one else was wealthy. Right. <laughs> it's just that you are following a Lord, Jesus, who gave his everything mm-hmm. and calls us to lay down our lives for our friends. Mm-hmm. And you emptied your bank account for Hamid mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. And he never forgot that. And even to this day, uh, he will still 
uh, remind you of that moment that you changed this life because it's one thing to invite someone to go to church. It's another thing to open up your wallet to them right. and in their time of need. Mm-hmm. This was a difficult place, not only for him, but for his whole family. Right. I mean, here he is a um, long way from mom and dad and his relatives. He's a foreigner mm-hmm. in India, right. and you're aware of how he had been victimized by this roommate who had Mm -hmm. stolen everything that he had Mm -hmm. and why he was in class and you were called of God to be generous to him. Mm -hmm. That was really one of the moments I'm sure that God got his attention. Right. Uh, Just like God uses John 316 to get Mm -hmm. our attention. He uses you and I who have been impacted by John 316 Mm -hmm. to get the attention of others as we model John three sixteen to them in mm-hmm. some practical way, right? And you did that for Hamid. After that, he ends up going to a youth camp right. with the church. Mm-hmm. So I took him to the youth camp. The youth camp was like a, a four or five days. So mm-hmm. we were there, and so he used to smoke. And so in the youth camp, he can't smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I I told him this, it's just for four days, you know. So don't worry about it. So you can do it. And so he was so excited to go to the youth camp, mm-hmm. but he was kind of nervous as well because none of the people like uh, from the church, they're um, like, like the, they are the church member, but they he never uh, uh, really know them. Mm-hmm. And so he he was like, you know, I don't know anybody, uh, just you. And so uh, I'm, I don't know whether I'll be comfortable or not. He said, don't worry about it. it. They are just there. You know that when you go to the church, this you, you mentioned one time, they are so, we are, you guys are a stranger, but they come and talk to you, you know, as like a friendship, as like a family, at, you know, outside the church and they come to the church. Hey, hello. They're, they're so uh, friendly. And so same thing, this youth camp will be the same way. Yeah. And so, okay. And so he was ready. And the first day he was kind of a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but the next day he was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I I wish this last year I wish I could have to come, mm-hmm. but but I'm excited to be here. Just in, I, the first day, I was thinking that I wouldn't be able to make it. I want to go home, but now mm-hmm. I wanted to stay longer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and so program of this camp was multiple worship experiences every day right. with some small group times and some games and mm-hmm. stuff in the afternoons and everything. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's like any other youth camp. You get away from traditional worship. Mm-hmm. And you can really go into the presence of God uninhibited. Mm-hmm. And you saw that among all the other young people right. there, young adults, mm-hmm. uh, young professionals there at the camp. Mm-hmm. And so he really witnessed that. Mm-hmm. But it drew the presence of God really drew him in. Exactly. And the very next day, multiple people are raising their hands and praise and worship and, mm-hmm. and just really expressing themselves to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Hamid is right there in the middle of them. Exactly. And <laughs> you would have thought he had been a Christian his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you remember which day of the camp he actually made his profession of faith? The and last day. That the was very last, last day. day. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The second day. The second day. Um, no, the third day. Uh, so the prison worship guy, uh, the leader that was uh, a guy from um, from Raleigh, mm-hmm. from America. And then he said that he was on the stage and just uh, singing and praising worship and watching uh, like you know, all the campus of praise mm-hmm. and doing a praying and then the worshiping. And then that by that time, none of them were raising their hand except 
my friend Hamid. He was the one that who raised his hand mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And so that worship leader, he said after the worship, he said, "Oh my gosh, that was one of the precious moment that I ever seen." Mm-hmm. He he know that he, before ha- um before that happened, even the present worship that leader, he knew about um, my friend's story. Mm-hmm. And so he was so excited, and he said, "I I, I was ready to cry mm-hmm. <laughs> after I saying that, you know." So God was with my friend that mm-hmm. that night, and then the last day, we had um, the candlelight, and you know mm-hmm. the last everybody was uh, having a great time, and then he said that he was holding a candle, and then he closed his eyes. He didn't know how he closed his eyes. He started standing, and then he started um, like pouring. You know, he mm-hmm. started crying. He have no idea why he was crying, but crying that he feel like I can see in front of me. God, like Jesus, is like right in front of me. Mm-hmm. He can see in his own eyes that when he closes his eyes, and just he was just like can't stop crying mm-hmm. and can't p- stop praise the God. And then he he don't care about whoever is next to me. He don't care about. It. He started shouting, you know, mm-hmm. praise. Yeah. And so it was just a very like special moment for him mm-hmm. and for. Uh, For me as well, mm-hmm. and so after the worship that night, after the worship, the last day came out from the church. As soon as he saw me, he came towards me and he hugged me, and he started saying that Justin, you changed my life. Mm-hmm. That was it was so precious. It was so, it was so. I was so excited and I was so full of joy. Yeah. And then I felt like that was the day that you know, I felt one of the happiest moment in my life. Mm-hmm. I have so many moments in my life that I was so thankful for, but that was the day that I was um, I would never ever forget in my life. Mm-hmm. And you were there as well, mm-hmm. and then we all came together and prayed mm-hmm. for him, and mm-hmm. we celebrate. And I think he, we even joked about now he's 100%. <laughs> he is right. 100% Christian. I hope you enjoyed part one of Reaching Hamid, and that you will purpose to be back next week as we continue with part two. Thank you for being in the audience today. Until the church on earth looks like the church in heaven, I invite you to join me in championing this message of reaching the foreign-born internationals living in our community with the gospel and partnering with them to fulfill the Great Commission. So next week we're going to have part two of reaching Hamid. I invite you back next week as we continue. To reach the foreign-born internationals, I love you. I praise God for you. God bless you and your outreach of the gospel. I'll see you again right here next week. Check out Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity. Given the choice, every one of us wants to be more generous, but fear holds us back. Audacious generosity is where God is the giver, and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Gone are the days of feeling pressured to be the giver. Instead, audacious generosity will empower you for limitless giving as God gives through you. See what happens when we open our hands to God and commit in advance to use what He puts in our hands to fulfill His mission. Check out audaciousgenerosity.com and reserve your copy today. That's audaciousgenerosity.com. We want to give some local love to Mark Martek at Power Secure Inc. here in North Carolina. Power Secure is a leading provider of energy solutions in distributed generation, energy storage, renewables, and energy efficiency. 
In addition to grants and charitable donations, Mark is an incredible witness for Christ and international missions. He and his wife, Patty, are founding members of the Hope for Haiti Foundation in the annual Rock Your World charity concert. Through their generosity, they have not only provided electricity locally, but have brought energy solutions across the globe. Mark, we salute you for your generosity. Check out their website at powersecure.com.